Welcome to the 12th Burning Conversation, and today we invite an artist along with a one percenter in Top Shot. He goes by Dan Verno. He is a clubhouse extraordinaire. They are crushing it over there on the scene. We met first on Ben Jammin's uh, Four Deep podcast. Really excited to have a new friend on. Please welcome Dan Verno. Yeah, bro, burn! That was a killer intro. Like, I feel so honored. You just really boosted me up. Artist, one percenter. By the way, one percenter. I've never been a one percenter in my life <laughs> in anything. So that's a new one. But uh, yeah, I'm honored to be here. Excited to talk Top Shot and ready to get to it. Yeah, man. I, I mean, when I look at my evaluate market, per, uh, you know, collection, I'm like keeping track on like my my numbers. To see that like top one percent, it's like it's it's truly something I want to hold on to, you know. Like you're thinking, I'm thinking about moves to make, and like uh, I'll move this piece around, but like I might lose my one percent, and I don't want to lose that. Yeah, no, I totally. I feel. I mean, I don't know. I feel the same way to an extent because. Uh, I held a lot of pride being in the top 1,000. At one point, I was, like, number, like, 500-something on the list, and I was like, wow, like, that's crazy. Like, of all the people in Top Shot, I have one of the top 1,000 accounts. And then, uh, like, a couple weeks ago, the past couple weeks, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I've been a little stressed making some less than ideal plays so i have seen it drop down i haven't dropped out of the one percent i'm pretty sure i'm actually in the 0.06 percent club so you know it gets a little crazier once you get down into the 0.0s or whatever uh or the 0.6 percent club rather uh i'm not 0.06 i wish i was that high up but no could you imagine that's some real money uh but yeah i'm rambling at this point pretty much excited to be here I don't know. I check my account value once a day, maybe, because if I check it any more than that, I'll just rip my hair out. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's what people are going to learn to really enjoy is to, like, track their performance, you know, those who are just getting in. And, you know, in order to see some gains on, you know, evaluate market or moment ranks, you're going to want to have some sort of strategy, right? And right now, the best place to kind of focus our attention are on these challenges, right? We are currently in a marketplace where you can only purchase and sell or delist at every 30 minutes. So that means you have to really think hard about your choices because you're not going to be able to get those prices for another 30 minutes. So before we dive into that sort of strategy and like how you've been managing that time clock, right? Let's talk about how we see the challenges. And let's start with the Seeing Stars Challenge. So uh, why don't you go ahead, Dan, and, and share us like what your mindset was and what you did. Okay, so with Seeing Stars, I was able to successfully get a pack. I got like a, I don't even know, it was one of the scrubbier ones. So I was like, all right, it looks like I have to go through the market, buy everything. And I actually bought all of the Seeing Stars moments before the third Seeing Stars pack had even dropped. So this was a super bold strategy on my part, in my opinion, because after the first Seeing Stars pack dropped, all of those moments were floating around like $300 a piece, uh, somewhere as low as like 240 230 but like they were all relatively high. And so I saw that and I was like, okay, that makes sense. There's only <clears throat> one of the three packs out it'll go lower it makes sense like supply and demand not enough supply a lot of demand whatever it'll go lower 
The next day, the pet comes out, and I see it, like, go down a pretty substantial amount, but not to the point where it's like, all right, these prices are, like, as low as they're going to be. Like, this is the bottom, blah, blah, blah. And so the way I saw it is, all right, pretty much two things can happen here. Either this next pet comes out and all of the prices bottom out, and honestly, that is kind of what ended up happening, but regardless, my other thought was, or this last pet comes out, all the supply is out, and now the demand actually runs through the roof because everyone has the same mindset where don't buy, don't buy, and now that everything out is out, we buy And so with that in mind, I thought, okay, I'm just going to bite the bullet. Prices are looking okay right now. I'm just going to go all in and buy these moments. And so what I did, I sold one of my legendary moments that I got from earlier this year. And I, like, I sold it for $10,000 and that was actually my biggest sale. So pretty hype about that one. And then I turned that $10,000, I took half of it, bought a Luca at $5,000, one of the CCs, regretting that one a little, but it's okay, there's time. And then with the other $5,000, it was actually $5,200, I turned that into all of the seeing stars. So if you really look at it, you know, take one moment and turn it into 25 lesser moments, like, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll take that if it includes the LeBron and the KD. So it cost me about $5,200. And I'm pretty sure last night was the last time I checked, you could get all of the seeing stars for around 4,700, 46, 4,500 area. So all in all, like, yes, the prices are down and I could have gotten the full set for cheaper, but I was also able to get them all at once and not have to wait 30 minutes between purchases like people may be doing now. And I genuinely do believe that we are in just like a really weird kind of like alternate reality of Top Shot right <laughs> now where nothing really makes sense. Like we, we're not allowed to buy as much as we want. We can't sell as much as we want. Prices are down across the board. But like the low end stuff, prices are high. So it's like nothing really makes sense. Uh, and I think that's one, pretty exciting. And two, pretty scary. I think a lot of people are doing what we were talking about, like looking at their account values. And if you've been here for an extended amount of time, so I've been here since December. So, But even if you've been here since, say, the beginning of February, you saw your account absolutely explode. Like halfway through February, every single person on Top Shot that had an account saw their account value blast off. The only people that didn't see their account value blast off were the people that made their accounts that weekend and put mad money in. They're the ones that are really sore right now because their account values are looking not like what they invested. And that sucks. And that really that really sucks. And that's why I remember the weekend that it was all going down. I was on Discord in there and I was like, yo, if you're new and you need advice, please DM me because you will lose money right now. And people were hitting me with clown emojis thinking I'm trolling or trying to scam people. But I'm just like, no, I legitimately see that what's going on right now is like the standard model is to buy low and sell high. All the new people were buying it's super high and they're going to end up selling low. And that's what we're seeing now is, you know, all these prices are kind of crashing because people want liquid for these new moments, but the new moments are priced up because they're new. So everything, everything's just whack. 
everything is all out of search right now. And I kind of love it. I'm not going to lie. It makes you think a little bit harder. You know, it is impossible to talk about Top Shot while being succinct, right? Like you said so much there and all of it was gold, right? Because it's 100% what's going on right now, right? Like you have these, you know, challenges that are really shaping the market and it kind of is overcome with the external factors of this 30 minute shot clock for purchases and sales and the influx of new users who maybe aren't as knowledgeable as those who have been through a full top shot challenge cycle, right? Like the experience of going through those cool cats while they were different, I totally believe they will rhyme with what we will see in the, in the seeing stars. It will not shock me when the seeing stars prices absolutely explode. Like it's like one of those things where I totally expect every seeing star to be at a thousand dollars. Totally expect it. Oh, see, I don't know about that. That's so high. See, that's the thing where it's like, what makes us believe that we'll be able to see what we saw in February again anytime soon? I don't think we have any reason to believe that we should see that. At first, I was super bullish, but now I'm feeling kind of like they're doing a really good job of slowing things down. The reason things got so priced up and amped up was because of the excitement. You know, you had thousands of new people every day just hearing about Top Shot logging in for the first time because of mainstream media attention and players around the league. Like, that same level of excitement hasn't been matched yet, and we're not going to see a big, real boom like we saw until we can see a matched level of excitement. And based on the way they handled our All-Star weekend, they're not ready yet. They're, just, they're not ready yet. And, and my, so my counterpoint to you, Dan, yeah. would be is that don't allow the accelerated top shot time clock to jade your opinion of how quickly that excitement can come. Because, you know, you and I have been engaged in, in Top Chef for about, at least for me, two months. And it feels like a year has gone by, you know. And yeah, like, sure. we expect the next jump to just happen right away. And I believe you're right. Like, it's going to take some time. The infrastructure isn't there. Part of the reason why we have this 30-minute shot clock. In fact, the entire reason is, is that the, the blockchain isn't ready to withstand more demand. And they already have shown that the marketplace is back up and running, albeit at a lesser degree. It will be very soon before the marketplace runs to full capacity. It'll be very soon before Cool Cats 3 comes out. And I think what you're going to see is is that there's only 10,000 seeing stars. There's only 10,000 of them. 180,000 people got packs. Everyone just got one, right? And I'm not here to say that 180,000 people are going to be chasing this challenge, but I am saying that at least 50,000 people will. And if that amount of people will chase it, that's already a, a supply squeeze. And so, you think 50,000 people are going to chase that challenge? 
I do because I think that was with the same amount of people that initially started to chase the Cool Cat Challenge when it was ten thousand, and we saw some really stupid prices. Like I, Tyler Hero went for like two thousand bucks for a little bit of time there, and like there just isn't enough people to complete the challenge at a profitable level. And I think when there's all stars involved, you're going to see a lot of people chase it because no matter what, they're going to get stuck with an all star. Yeah, I mean, Cool Cats 2 is definitely the best direct comparison. But even that is hard to <clears throat> directly relate the two because Cool Cats 2 is part of a bigger challenge. And so, uh, but, like, I totally but isn't it true that like at, this is a part like, of the bigger LeBron challenge, right? Like, no one here has said, we haven't gotten any inkling that you won't need either Kevin Durant or the entire set for LeBron. I don't really. I just don't know why they would do that. I re- like I've heard so many people speculate on that, but I really just genuinely don't see them doing that. It doesn't make sense to me. I think it makes a bunch of sense because they want to keep the premium on LeBron, right? Like LeBron is by far the king on the market. Like it is no surprise that LeBron was not the first reward. Just like in the Rising Stars, Anthony Edwards was. Oh, great moment! Like love that Anthony Edwards moment. But the Zion moment's going to be more desirable, right? I think there was like a Twitter poll the other day, like which challenge are you going for? And overwhelmingly, it was the Zion Rare Challenge. So I do think that when the LeBron Reward Challenge comes out, that it's going to be the challenge to get, and it would be foolish not to make it a harder challenge to achieve. Yo, you're right. You're making me... Okay, thank you for that. I needed to hear that. I'm feeling bullish again. Feeling bullish on Top Shot. <laughs> Dude, I swear, I've been having mood swings. Like, me and oh, Top Shot so are not... We're not friends right now. I swear. Like, I don't know, the past couple of weeks... You know what the issue is? And this is just me. Like, we'll get into my numbers a little bit. At the... Midway point of February, right before everything blasted off, we saw something very interesting happen. It was actually at the beginning of February. February. So my account towards the end of January hit an all-time high of close to $50,000. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Okay, so we hit 50000 and then it dipped down back to around 24000 And I don't know what caused that dip. It was... I think post Cool Cats 1, there were a lot of people that were in Top Shot that were new. Uh, because I remember, uh, like, the day before Cool Cats 1 came out, like, a Discord server for, like, quick flippers or, like, traders of physical goods came in. And, like, there were, like, a thousand new people all at once. That was, like, the very beginning of it. So, anyway, that all happened. New users came in. They don't know that you can't withdraw. So, like, prices are going down or whatever. And then I think it really all started with Josh Hart, like on Twitter. He was the first one from the NBA really to be like, yo, this Top Shot stuff is pretty cool. And it just all exploded. And my account value quickly went back up to 50,000. So I got back up to my all-time high and I was like, okay, sweet. And that's when we got spoiled because that's when my account 5X'd and all of a sudden, my account value is at a quarter of a million dollars. It's $250,000 and I haven't really done anything different. It's just, you know, taking off and taking off and taking off. And so once it got to that point, that's when it's like, all right, everyone's account value is at this all time high. Like we're all at this space. That's where we've been so spoiled. And that sucks for all of us that were there. 
because it is so unrealistic for us to be like, yes, this is the, that should be the standard. Our all-time high should be the standard. We can't expect that. That is just, I mean, talk to anyone that's been in Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency yeah. since 2017 or prior. Like, that you'll see an all-time high and you'll be like you'll be high on life like you'll feel amazing like you're the richest person ever and then when it goes back down you can't be upset like that is just part of the process so you know i don't know why i keep bringing it back up but going back to that earlier point if anyone is listening and they're feeling stressed out or upset that their account value has gone down so much one, so has everyone else's. And two, it shouldn't have been that high to begin with. So everything's right where it needs to be right now. And I think once we can get that into our mind, we can calm down a little bit and make smarter plays moving forward. Because I know for me personally, I made stupid purchases and sales because I was getting stressed out about my account value. And what that did was probably only lower my account value even more. And so when you kind of get into that cycle where it's like, okay, I'm not like no move I make is the right move. The right move is no move. So that's my golden nugget of advice for anyone listening today. So, you know, like I, you, you touch on kind of like the psychology of, you know, what we've experienced, right? Like when you see gains like that, it, it really evokes like some different emotions right like it's not just like a high off a of life it's like you feel untouchable right and yeah. that couldn't be further from the truth um that being said you know my i've always been a fan of like evaluating the future growth of this based off of like the question where will the new money come right like i don't think it's fair to say that continual growth will happen in this market until more signups are allowed to happen, right? Like the big wave of money would come from new users coming in and like dumping in. Like it's my position that that tsunami of uh, late February was because there was a lot of heavy investors who came in with a lot of cash all at once and it just sent it to the moon. And when it goes to the moon, someone jumps on board until they get sent back down to earth, right? Like we can't expect $40 million sales days into the future. But what we can expect is for the next jump to come from new people with a lot of new money. And, you know, with the marketplace in this, like you said, weird, hazy, like pandemic-like abyss, you might like seem to wonder like, well, when they open the floodgates, right, when the pandemic goes through, why won't it be the best summer ever, right? Like, why won't it just happen like another huge tsunami that actually could like sustain some growth for a few days until yes, it comes back down. Um, that's kind of what I'm projecting with this seeing stars. And like, I have to pinch myself, right? To make sure that like, th I, I, I'm not being totally crazy. Like, I think this can happen. Um, so, so Dan, like the question for you is like, do you see a lot of new money from new users coming in when the floodgates come, come open? One of the things is that, okay, so I have a couple thoughts on this. And that one of it is that, yes, there's people with a lot of money that would be seriously interested in this that have no idea about it. And how they have no idea about it, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, like, I, I, like, I don't know. 
like we've been living and breathing and you know this has been our life for so long at this point it feels like it feels but like people, <laughs> you know there's people that have serious money that like they they have bigger more important things to think about it so they may have heard of top shop or like i i don't i don't have time for that so what like with that in mind you have to think okay you have what what's dapper doing to uh, market themselves and the current answer is pretty much nothing they have they tweet like that's really about it like they'll put out tweets once in a while but even that like i bet is a reserved social media approach and so what i mean by this is they're not spending any money on marketing like halfway through january maybe even sooner than that they made the decision as a team that they're not going to spend any more money on marketing they're not going to put anything out into like TV ads or broadcast, like uh, YouTube, whatever, uh, because it's just the growth that we're experiencing now is so rapid that they don't need to spend money to get new people to come in. Like that's kind of pointless. So that leaves you with the thought that, so what happens when they get to the point where they're like, all right, we're going to put out a full-blown marketing campaign. What's that going to look like? You know, is it going to come at the... NBA finals this year? Like, are we going to see an NBA Top Shot commercial this year? Are we going to see NBA uh, Hardcore, the app that's coming out, like the game? is? Are we going to see that this year? Those are all things that factor in uh, to the original question because, you know, there's so many factors to this. Where's the money going to come from? It's going to come from all sorts of different places. It's going to come from people like me who are just interested and trying to get in and didn't have a lot of money to begin with, but now like keep throwing money back into it or like playing with the house money. There's going to be super big investors. I think I always think of China, like China, there's a huge NBA market in China. People like the Chinese society, like government, not government, but like community, like there's a big fan base of NBA fans out in China. So what happens when this becomes mainstream out there? You know, are there million dollar investors in China that have money that they're willing to put down? And that's kind of one of my big things that's kind of like my, <laughs> I always fall back on this thought. I have two cosmic moments that I spent over $5,000 a piece for. And I bought them that high because I was like, I'm no one like I literally I'm some kid that got lucky with timing and now has a stupid amount of money on top shot. That's pretty much my story. But like, obviously, it does come down to smart plays and like whatever. But someone that has big money, that has money they could spend, like I'm talking people that like literally just have so much money, they don't even have to worry about it. They could see those cosmics, which there's only 50 apiece of each one and they could be like yeah i definitely i'm gonna need one of each of those i truly believe there are 50 people in the world that fit that criteria <laughs> and so one day i'll be able to sell my cd osmond cosmic for fifty thousand dollars is that realistic maybe not at the same time this is top shot you never really know so you know like w when we kind of think about mainstream adoption right I've been a proponent and I've been kicking and screaming about where the intrinsic value is. Like from the beginning of my podcast, I've always been interested in investigating the intrinsic value. And 
early, we had Serge Kasarjian, who very bright, sharp uh, leader, really, in technology, shared that he saw the intrinsic value as an extension of the license that the Dapper team struck with the NBA, and that these moments are merely fractions of that license, right? And um, when you hold a moment, you're holding a part of that license, like simple, easy, done. I don't think that really does it for people. Like, I think it's there and it's a zero sum value, but I don't think that's enough intrinsic value for new people to main or to adopt that sort of understanding. So like, what else can you do with these moments? And, you know, there's the Swish uh, fantasy platform that I love and I love to play. And um, now that more and more of my friends are finding out from like high school and people who are not involved in crypto, like they're intrigued by that. And so I think that's going to be a tool. Obviously, you mentioned the hardcore app. So that will be a tool. But I also watched that YouTube video that kind of highlighted how there's like not a whole lot of intrinsic value. And it is definitely true that the current narrative in the market is we buy moments because we think they're going to be sold for more later. Like, like your story, I think, totally sums that up perfectly. So on some point, someone's going to be holding a moment and said, I don't know if I can sell this for more than I bought it. And they might not believe it, but ultimately the market will speak to that. Um, so, you know, the, the question is, is that if someone can hold a moment and have other intrinsic value, I think that gives everyone a, like a, a breath of comfort. Right. And so like, Dan, like your thoughts off of that, like is intrinsic value really that important? Or do you think that just the collectible nature of it is going to be enough? Uh, well, it's kind of a loaded question because, like at the end of the day, they are NFTs, and I kind of call like I call Top Shot moments like NFT light because <laughs> it's built on Flow blockchain. And it's kind of different. I I don't know. People have said that they're not even true NFTs, which is up for debate. But so to speak, so I call them NFT light. Uh, like what gives nfts so much value and why people are spending thousands of dollars on gifts right now is one because yes they're reselling for that much but the bigger idea is that when you buy an nft and you have that ownership of it it has some sort of use and so you like that's what we're touching on with the hardcore app and like all like swish fantasy like those are apps that are designed to use these goods that you possess and own in your wallet and to, to give it some kind of intrinsic value beyond uh, just it being a moment and a collectible. So like now, instead of my Anthony Davis just being cool to look at and a good low cereal, now it actually has value because when he plays in the real world, I can use my moment that like I have that moment. Other people might not have that moment and it gives me an edge up on the people that don't. And so that can be carried over to anything. If you look at in NBA 2K, like what's the intrinsic value of one of those packs of virtual uh, uh, like my player cards or whatever that like they don't have any like you can't buy or sell like I'm sorry, you can buy them, but you can't sell them. Uh, in a real market so the value of that is that you can use it in the game to make your your profile better like you're you know you a better player so that exact idea is what carries over and it's something that 
we don't see a ton of now, but give it less than a year, give it two years, three years, and we'll see this type of, like, honestly, probably all sorts of products that Dapper licenses to whoever, and they're like, yes, you can use our Top Shot moments. The NBA agrees with this. You can use our moments for your product as long as we get something out of it. And so that's where it's, that's when the metaverse really starts to build itself. And again, this is NFT light and it's speculation at this point that Dapper would even be down to let people use moments in that way. But the way that they've been interacting with like Swish makes me believe that, yes, that's something we can't expect these small independent developers to kind of come up with a product that they can, like us users can use our top shot moments in that product. So that's totally, that's what it's all about. Just usability, being able to use them beyond just looking at them, which is coming. And, uh, you know, I think not knowing the answers to, you know, how, you know, you're kind of suggesting its utility is maybe what's giving some people pause. And on, frankly, for me too, like I, I have not made up until today, <laughs> I have not made a huge investment into the space. And, um, I kind of, my reasoning for, for doing so is, is that I do see a whole lot of people coming in and I do see a whole lot of people thinking that it's cool, but most importantly, I believe that we are now going to see these moments being treated as tokenized fandom. It is no secret that the NBA is not. Uh, doing so hot in the business department. They uh, have lost a lot of money due to the pandemic and the uh, regulations they needed to impose in order to get the league going. Um, And I see Top Shot as a, a stream of revenue. I think there are so many different things that you can do with this. And I think you have really progressive minds who are willing to kind of take this under, right? Like if you were to suggest this in the NFL, I I wouldn't believe that it would get off, right? Like there's too many hard-headed old school guys there. But the NBA is, I think, different. Like I believe Mark Cuban's actually going on today and on the NBA Top Shot channel and having an interview about these collectibles. Um, And just his voice, his name talking about this, to me, screams more people coming in. Yeah. No, I, and that's the thing. Like, we have – the numbers are always so fudged. I feel like like I've seen numbers as high as 450,000 and as low as, like, 100,000. But realistically, we have somewhere between, uh, say, 175,000 and 300,000 people on Top Shot. That's, that's around my estimate. Like, just whatever. Maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. Uh, that number is going to 10x. That number, like, we are going to see a million <clears throat> a million users. We're going to see 2 million users. Like, this is a matter of fact. Like, there's no reason to believe that anything is just going to shut down and break. Like, even people that are super skeptical about, like, Dapper's finances and all that stuff. Like, I've read, thre- I've read chains of, like, threads and, like, like all these different things that say like, you know, this can't be sustainable and they have to be having no money right now. But I, I don't know. I, one, I don't really think that's the case. Two, I believe in flow. I believe in the product. And three, personally, like if it all comes out, like none of us get any of our money back and it was all a scam, like it's been a fun ride. I've been entertained daily for the past three months. I think I can spare the 1500 of my initial investment and call it a day. 
but I that's def- not gonna happen. And so it's not a scam. I, I mean, I, these guys have shown. Um, you know, I haven't agreed with everything, but I, they've shown that they care about the long term viability, right? And which is huge. Like just just their simple give a care is enough to give me hope that I'm not going to lose everything I put in. But more importantly, like they're attached to the NBA, like the NBA cannot afford for this to scam over. Right. Like just that alone, like I think should like quiet some of those voices. And um, the fact that there's negative energy is kind of a positive thing for me. Yeah, totally. I mean, like hater. When you have haters, it means you're doing something right, yeah. right? If something, if if people call something crazy, it's genius. So, like, those are the types of things. And it's so funny. It's really so funny because I got in on this on December twenty fourth, and honestly, I'm really glad I got in when I did. I think if I got in maybe like a month earlier, I would have gotten too bored before the <laughs> pop off, and I would have like missed it. But when I first got in, I took a video of my very first pack opening and I was like, yo, this is sick. I spent $24 and I got one moment that's worth $40. Like, this is how you make money. And I sent it to all my friends and they were all like, yeah, you're pretty stupid, dude. Like, you just bought, you bought a virtual, you bought a video I can watch on YouTube. You're stupid, dude. That's what all my friends were telling me. All my friends that now have Top Shot accounts, uh, yeah, they joined like a month later. Silly, silly boys, <laughs> silly boys. So you know that, like that alone, like people still think this is ridiculous. One of my favorite things is go- when you go on YouTube or like go on Twitter and you see uh, news clips of people talking about Top Shot. Look at what the news anchors say when they try to segue into it or out of it because they always sound stupid they never they never sound like unless it's on like espn or something if it's just on like fox news like 13 or whatever like the one time i swear i started laughing my ass off because this guy said oh yeah kind of reminds me of beachfront atlanta property Hmm, seems like a bubble like okay dude yeah it's totally the same thing like no you sound so ridiculous right now and so like people still don't get it like there's people with a lot of money that don't get it and you know people are so silly like as soon as there's like excitement about something that's you know when you're not supposed to buy in but that's when everyone buys in right like look at dogecoin like everyone's Elon Musk tweets it and it explodes and that's when everyone buys, but nobody buys it when it's selling at 0.002. Like, oh, this stuff is crazy. It's crazy stuff, Burn. Well, listen, man, like what, what a great conversation. Um, I, I thought we touched on some, you know, really nice things. The part of Top Shot that I just can't get enough of is like these one-on-one conversations, right? Because like there's so many factors and like, Sometimes I personally get overwhelmed by Clubhouse because there's so many people who have so much energy about it, right? And sometimes to get your point across, it takes a few minutes. Like we saw in this conversation, right? Like we both spoke almost for like maybe a minute and a half at a time at minimum, like at sometimes even longer, right? And um, it's my kind of goal that like when new people are coming in, and I think we mentioned this off air, there are people who just have no experience how this market works. And I really fear that when this new 
tsunami of new users, as I say, come in, there's going to be another batch of folk who kind of get snake bitten. And it's kind of my hope that someone who's new catches this conversation and just takes away this very small thing of like, there are people out there that are more than happy to talk to you. There are people out there in this community that are actually well-intentioned. And I'm hoping that in time we can kind of build a community of just like like like-minded, genuine girls and guys that can just talk about Top Shot and like share good information because they're out there. And sometimes it's hard to see through this like faceless community that's being built. Totally. Yeah, I uh, I absolutely absolutely love the community. Uh, ever since the beginning, and I know Discord is kind of crazy now. Like you can't go on there without seeing one packs and complaints and whatnot. But if you can find a small Top Shot community off of the main community, that is that's something that can be very valuable to you. I'm personally in like three or four different Top Shot servers on Discord besides the main one. And they all pretty much have the same info, like things we should be buying and like challenge suggestions and stuff like that. So like they're out there. It's just a matter of finding them. And sometimes you really just have to, it's a matter of putting yourself out there. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, I mean, not Instagram too much, but Twitter, Discord. And then you did mention Clubhouse. I am going to plug it real quick. We did start a really exciting Clubhouse club. It's called the NBA Top Shot Cave. We already have upwards of like 300, 400 followers. So it's crazy. It's been around for less than a week and it's absolutely popping off. We've already had the Pseudo Sisters come on. We had Carlini. For those of you that don't know yeah. Carlini, he works directly with Pranksy. Like, that's insane. Like, he just popped in for no reason. So, like, really exciting. Uh, great intel in those rooms. Like, just a room full of uh, one percenters talking about their strategies and like the way they see the game. And it's crazy. Once you get in a room with those like really like smart guys, like these are the type of guys that do like venture capitalism for a living. Like they, you know, they have serious money, serious money invested and they know how to use like tools and programs to analyze the numbers and break down different things. So when you hear them talk, like get out the yellow notepad because they have the serious intel. Like guys like us can talk all we want, but you know, you, you got it. You just got to get out there. there. There's so much conversation to be had, and I'm not knocking either of us. Like we, this conversation is valid. Like this stuff is valuable, and just speaking it out is, you know, someone's gonna get something out of this, and that's great. And I think my best suggestion, I okay, three pieces of advice. These are the Danny Ukes pieces of advice. Be a collector, have that collecting mentality. Don't be a quick flipper. Don't try, okay, be a collector. Be patient. Those two stand hand in hand to be a collector. You have to be patient because your moments aren't gonna sell immediately, all that, okay? And then number three is just to take it all in and learn as much as you can. Like do that, listen to podcasts, sit in on clubhouse rooms, Read the posts on Discord and the blog posts that NBA Top Shot puts out. Listen to the office hours when they have them. That is how you're going to get the most out of Top Shot. And right now, I feel like there's so many people that don't realize that. And to get back at your point, the people that did get burned initially, what's going to happen is at the next bull rush, you'll see that people 
like you that get burned, but you're going to be up in the green. So don't it just it, it's all cyclical. It is all cyclical. Everything's going to work out in the end. And you know it's uh, it, it's the time, right? Like the time committed is just sucking my life, and I think it'll continue to suck everyone else's. You know the the best thing to do is to try to find your you know your friends in the community to um, stay up to date when life actually can't happen, and you know it gets you away from the screen. Um, but Dan, thanks you so much for, for coming on, man. I'm excited to join you in Clubhouse uh, and multiple times into the future here uh, with the NBA Top Shot Cave. And, um, you know, hopefully we get to do this again sometime. Oh, yeah, for sure, bro. I'd love to come back on the Burn ASAP. This is seriously a great time. Uh, but, yeah, club, uh, we're going to do our show on Friday, probably shooting for around 6 or 7 p.m. Yep. So. Yeah, that's Friday the 20, or, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to hit you with the date. But, yeah, everyone look out for that. <laughs> the 12th, the 12th of March. Yeah, the 12th. There we go. <laughs> Who, dude, I, I, it still feels like we're in January. I'm not going to lie. Like, I still, my <laughs> perception of time is so warped. How are we a quarter of the way through the year? I cannot tell you. But by the same token, it feels like a year has already gone by, you know, like it's, it's, it's like you're in this exactly. like, time oblivion. But all right, yeah. man, like listen to you all listeners right. later and uh, we will catch you again another time. All right. Thanks a lot.